Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and boy do we have some football to talk about today yesterday was sunday today is monday so of course we're going to give our reactions to yesterday's game so why don't we sit back relax sip our coffee and enjoy the show All right, all right. As you can see, nothing's working for me. It would not be Wake and Take without technical difficulties. It is the most technical difficulty show on all of YouTube. No matter what, something will go wrong. This time, my camera does not work, so we will be using my laptop today. When I do that, I can't use the green screen because my laptop does not like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. So you guys get to see my, my little office. This is, this is what's going on. This is where I spend all my days making content and looking at fantasy football. Speaking of fantasy football, though, we have some takeaways, and we're just going to go game by game by game by game by game and tell you what you need to know. We'll start things off with the Rams-Cowboys game. The Rams basically got slaughtered. The Cowboys came out here. They returned from their bye week, and they decided to play some football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Matthew Stafford could not get anything going. Stafford finishes the day with only 13 completions, 162 yards, and one touchdown with one interception as well. And believe it or not, the big takeaway here is that the leading receiver for the Rams yesterday was Daryl Henderson. Both Cooper Cup and Pukunakua had less than 50 yards. Pukunakua at least outproduced Cooper Cup for the second week in a row, showing that maybe Cooper Cup isn't the locked-in starter every single week that we hoped he could be. He was that, you know, the first two weeks out of his return from the hamstring injury, but now he's, you know, had back-to-back kind of stinkers. Yesterday, only four receptions for 21 yards. Pukunakua, three for 43. And I mentioned Henderson was the leading receiver, 54 receiving yards off of three receptions for him, which was good. Because he didn't get much going on the ground, only 31 rush yards. It was Royce Freeman who did the most on the ground for the Rams, finishing the day with 44 and a touchdown. What we need to talk about, though, is, of course, the Cowboys. And, of course, C.D. Lamb and really just the offense in general. Yes, I mentioned the defense played well and kept the Rams under duress all game. But, actually, the offense looked fantastic, too, especially in that first half. Most of this production came in the first half, especially when we speak of C.D. Lamb, who finished the day with 12 receptions for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty much all of that was in the first half. He was absolutely on fire, and it was special to watch. I'm glad to see C.D. Lamb kind of bounce back. I wish I was a little bit more um, 
bullish on him, wanting to buy him the past couple weeks because that window was definitely open as the Cowboys offense hadn't looked that good and CeeDee Lamb had just been fine. Now I assume that buy window is closed and the hype is back for CeeDee Lamb, deservedly so. He looked fantastic and the Cowboys offense looked fantastic and Dak Prescott looked fantastic. 304 yards, four touchdowns and only one interception for Mr. Dak Prescott getting back on track, having a little bit of a ceiling game. Well, that was good to see. It's been a minute since we've seen that. The big concern, though, for me is Tony Pollard, who has really just struggled to get things going all season. This game, he only has 53 rush yards and only one reception for two yards. Didn't get much going. Wasn't terrible, of course, but still that we haven't seen much ceiling from Tony Pollard yet. In fact, we haven't even really seen much explosion. He's had a couple good plays this year, but nothing really fantastic. Still waiting to see Tony Pollard bounce back into last season's Tony Pollard. He was, of course, coming off the injury uh, this year. So so maybe we'll still have some more time. But, I mean, I would think in a game where the Cowboys are ahead of the Rams in a, in a wide way, just massively ahead of them all game, you would expect Tony Pollard to get a bit more carries and a bit more production. It'll happen at some point, not this game. The next game we'll have to discuss is the Vikings-Packers. The big storyline here is that Kirk Cousins unfortunately tore his Achilles in this game. It was Jaron Hall who came in and, and was fine. I mean, three of four for 23 yards. But unfortunately for Kirk Cousins, it's looking like his season will be over. And more than likely his time in Minnesota. Uh, well, actually, let's take a pause there for a second. Because I imagine the plan with Kirk Cousins was to either let him walk or trade him. But after this injury, he's probably A, going to be cheaper to retain and be harder to trade. So we might actually be seeing him back on the Vikings next season, which I think would be cool. So, um, you know, what? actually, I think that that is how I'm going to read into this. I think that this means Kirk Cousins will be staying with the Vikings, but that's not what you're here for. You're here more for the fantasy football takeaways. And yes, it is looking like the Vikings offense and especially the pass catchers in general are going to have to take a hit. Now, KJ Osborne was actually the leading receiver with 99 yards. But TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison were both fine. They both had over six receptions. They both had eight uh, in the 80 yards, and they both scored a touchdown. That probably won't continue, at least, you know, two people scoring touchdowns every single week and getting and three receivers over 80 yards. That's not going to happen with Jaron Hall. Will there still be some games from these guys? Yes, but it's going to be hard to predict who. And if I had to guess, as we've talked about a few times, sometimes when that backup quarterback comes in, they, they don't target people higher on the depth chart. So I could actually see... KJ Osborne, for example, continue to be one of the more main targets to Jaron Hall. And I'm curious to see if they make any moves here uh, at the trade deadline. They are now four and four, which is pretty fine. And they're sitting pretty in that division right now, of course, behind the Lions. But I mean, they're ahead of the Packers and they're, of course, ahead of the Bears. The Vikings could definitely make a playoff push if they want. We've got Justin Jefferson coming back in two weeks. So there might be something happening. I know Jacoby Brissett's been a hot name the past few days, people trying to get him off the commanders. That's something that's possible. And I'm sure there are other names out there as well. Tomorrow with our spooky Halloween episode, we will be talking the trade deadline for sure. So make sure you tune into that. We'll give a little bit more speculation there. And then finally on the Vikings, Cam Akers isn't dead yet. Cam Akers is not dead yet. No, he was not efficient. Nine carries for 19 yards, but he got himself that touchdown, and it was a nice little touchdown run. Uh, and he also had six receiving yards off of one catch. So so a decent game uh, for someone that maybe started Cam Akers because they had to. You weren't too upset. Still got you about 10 points. Uh, seeing that touchdown is 
good. Seeing that usage continue to go up and up and up is good. Nine carries versus Madison, 16. So Madison still, of course, has the stronghold on it. But especially if Jaron Hall is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season, they're going to run the ball more. So both of these guys are going to be valuable in that if one of the other goes down, they'll be you know back into that bell cow conversation. For the Packers, though, Jordan Love was fine. Jordan Love was fine. 24-41, 229 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, when the Packers only score 10 points, that's going to be fine. Jordan Love also led the Packers in rushing with 34 rush yards. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon only combined for 40 total rush yards off of 13 carries. Was not good for them in the round game. And in the receiving game, it wasn't that great either. Jaden Reed is finishing the day as the leading receiver for the Packers with 83 receiving yards. But Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs both had under 40 yards. Even A.J. Dillon had more receiving yards than them. Christian Watson, I'm starting to have a little bit of a concern with. Only three receptions for 33 yards. I want to see more from him, especially since he's an explosive player. I would like to see more than just 10 yards of reception for him. I would like to see, you know, three receptions for 70 yards as a stat line I should expect from Christian Watson. And it's a stat line we're not really getting for him. I know we had the touchdown when in his first game back, but that was just a short route that he got open for. He ha We haven't seen any of these really big plays. We saw the one where he almost scored in his second week back and had the horse collar tackle. But it's been very, very quiet on the Christian Watson front. And I don't know when it's going to happen. And because the problem is Jordan Love has to play a full game of football for it to happen. And he's only been playing halves of football. And that happened again in this game as well. Just better in one half than he was the last half. The Packers offense can't get a whole game to go. Uh, it's it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating to watch. None of these pass catchers you can have any confidence in. I mean, Jaden Reed, of course, had a good game. But you're never going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to start Jaden Reed over Dubs and Wake, or and, uh, and Watson. You can't do that. You can't do that. Both of those guys are still going to start over him. And yet they might not outproduce Reed. It's it's a tough situation to to try to follow, a tough situation to speculate on. And I just hope they can get better. And I because I mean it's not like I see a quarterback change anywhere in the future for the Packers. It's Jordan Love has this season and probably next to figure things out. I think he will, but I, I thought it would be a little bit faster, especially on the Christian Watson front. As we talked about a lot this offseason, one of the reasons I was still so in on Christian Watson was Jordan Love was the fact that Jordan Love in college was somebody who at least was not afraid to throw the ball. Yes, he had a lot of interceptions, led his conference in interceptions, but he also led his conference in yards per attempt, showing that he was always slinging it. And I thought that that would lead to some good connections with Christian Watson, but it is just not happening, and I'm concerned. The next game, unfortunately, is the Falcons-Titans, as my Falcons got basically crushed by rookie Will Levis. Will Levis. Shout out Cody Carpentier, shout out Maddie Kiwum, shout out everyone that was pounding the table for Will Levis, calling him a first-round quarterback, top 10 NFL pick. Didn't happen, of course, gets early in the second, but still now gets his shot on Tennessee, and they looked great. And this is what I talked about. Now, I was wrong as hell. I was wrong as hell. I did not think it would happen this week, but I did say that I firmly believe Will Levis will unlock the fantasy football potential of this Tennessee Titans offense. It happened way earlier than I expected. So uh, sorry there, especially my worst advice probably ever on this show was to sit DeAndre Hopkins last week. I wanted to see it first. So sorry. <laughs> Four receptions, 128 yards and three touchdowns. What a game by him. 
Of course, that's going to come when Will Levis gets 238 yards and four touchdowns. And as we discussed, and I probably should have just talked myself into it, I literally said, hey, when we see these these rookie quarterbacks making their first start or just quarterbacks making their first start in general, they're probably going to hyper-target their number one receiver. Now, I wouldn't say he was hyper-targeted. Definitely six targets is a lot. Six out of 29. So, you know, a fourth of the targets, maybe a fifth, right around a fifth of the targets. That's a good share, but not super high. He just was super efficient with it. It was crazy to see DeAndre Hopkins looked like Houston Texans DeAndre Hopkins out there. It was, and they were in the Houston Oilers uniforms. Should have seen it coming. Should have seen it coming. We had the Houston DeAndre Hopkins in the Houston uniforms. We should have. What, what was I thinking? What were we thinking? Why didn't we see this coming? Why didn't we see it coming? We should have seen it coming because that that makes too much sense. But yeah, what a game from him. And and what I hoped and was hoping to see and expected to see was Derrick Henry. Was Derrick Henry having 22 carries for 100 yards opening up the offense? And that was something they lost with Malik Willis. And something that Ryan Tannehill used to be good at was play action. But Ryan Tannehill was clearly the problem here in Tennessee. Play action got opened up, and Will Levis, I mean, crushed it. Fantastic game plan from the Titans to come in there and sling the ball and run the ball. Really brought it to Atlanta, who had been a tough defense in really both facets. I mean, they were top 10 against the run and pass really all year. So it was, I mean, just a fantastic performance from the Titans. Congratulations to Cody Carpentier and the rest of the Will Levis fan club. Great game. I mean, great. And I'm excited to see what else can come. I am buying all the Tennessee pass catchers. Got to go get Traylon Burks. Got to go get Traylon Burks. This market is so low right now. I do think he will bounce back. And hey, Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips did get his three receptions. So I do think that connection can continue to be established as Will Levis will throw the ball a lot more than any other quarterback could. And it finally happened in Atlanta, although it does not look long-term for now based on Arthur Smith's uh, post-game interview. But Desmond Ritter was benched for Taylor Heineke, Desmond Ritter was 8 of 12 for 71 yards, had 26 rush yards and a lost fumble. He was benched at halftime. Taylor Heineke comes out, finishes 12 of 21, 175 yards and a touchdown. Almost led a comeback, didn't quite get there, but still looked better in terms of managing this offense and not turning the ball over. The problem, though, is he didn't have or was very, very close to barely even having 50% completions. 12 of 21 is not the best um, really at all. And that is probably why after the game, Arthur Smith said, no, we're still going to ride with Desmond Ritter for the time being. But as we now know, the leash is short. Taylor Heineke can't be on any waiver wires, in, especially in shallow super flex leagues. But even probably in single quarterback leagues, the weapons that the Falcons have should make Taylor Heineke a decent QB2 going forward if he does get the starting job. So if you've got room, I do think Taylor Heineke needs to be rostered. Desmond Ritter will get the start at least one more week, but it is going to be some thin, thin ice. Bijan Robinson had 62 care, 62 yards at a touchdown. Kaderil Hodge was the leading receiver for some reason with 75 receiving yards. Kyle Pitts, 35 receiving yards. Drake London, 55. I mean, just really spread around. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine different receivers were targeted in the game. What's concerning is that Bijan Robinson had five targets and no receptions. That needs to fix itself. I mean, that's five PPR points left on the table, and who knows how many yards that could have turned into. I would like to see that get worked out a little bit better, uh, but it is what it is. Falcons take the L. 
Ball to second in the division now. The Saints, I believe, take first place now with their win. It is what it is. They'll get back on track. They uh, just have to figure out this quarterback situation. It's going to be fun to monitor, and that is definitely some thin ice now for Desmond Ritter. The Saints-Colts game was another good one, which was surprising to me. Normally, the Saints drag these games into the mud, but something about the Colts really all season, they've unlocked offenses. That defense has just been terrible, and they've been in some good games. The Colts have made some really, really fun games. Gardner Minshew, yet again, over 200 yards with two touchdowns, getting it done in a decent way, making Josh Downs his leading receiver. Josh Downs, yet again, on fire showing his connection with Gardner Minshew. Seven receptions for 72 yards. Looked really, really good. Michael Pittman had eight receptions for 40 40 yards and a touchdown with 13 targets. So Michael Pittman continuously getting alpha level usage. And the tight end, Drew Ogletree, gets himself the touchdown off of a 33-yard reception. Still waiting for that Jelani Woods return. I don't know what's going on there. It'll happen one day, though, and I do think it'll be special. And we finally saw some Jonathan Taylor. I mean, yes, last week Jonathan Taylor returned and we were happy, but we also now saw Jonathan Taylor breakaway run. He had a 40-yard run yesterday. Very, very cool. Glad Jonathan Taylor is still back, but Zach Moss got the touchdown. So so that uh, is going to continue to happen. 12 carries for Taylor, 11 for Moss. I I don't see it really changing too much, actually. I, I really just feel like this is what it is in Indianapolis, and that's fine. Right, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's still going to get it done. We just saw he almost had 100 yards off of only 12 carries, and he's going to continue to do that. Jonathan Taylor locked into your lineups, but I think I can also say that Zach Moss isn't irrelevant. Zach Moss is still going to be relevant, even with Jonathan Taylor playing so well and here. The Saints looking good, and I want to give a round of applause to Derek Carr, who had 300 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers. Actually, he did lose a fumble, but still looked good, and part of it was Rashid Shaheed. Rashid Shaheed was fantastic yesterday. Rashid Shaheed might be what I wanted Jamison Williams to be. I mean, he is stretching the field. Three receptions for 153 yards at a touchdown. Great hands, great speed, great athleticism. He is getting open, and Derek Carr finally hit him. I assume that that means the shoulder injury is officially healed because Derek Carr was definitely slinging it yesterday. Looked good. He really, really did. And part of it, of course, was Rashid Shaheed. But, I mean, everyone. Everyone really in the receiving game had a good game. Chris Olave had another floor game, but still five receptions for 46 yards. Alvin Kamara had four for 51 and a touchdown. Michael Thomas had a good game, four receptions for 68 yards. It was cool. It was really, really cool to see. The Saints looked good. And the Saints looked really, really good when they were handing the ball off to Taysom Hill. Or I guess really he's just doing some draws. But Taysom Hill, nine carries for 63 yards and two touchdowns. What a game by him. I I mean, this is his ceiling game. We see it every year where Taysom Hill randomly pops off for a ceiling game. It was this week. But still, we've been seeing the usage trend up really all year. And it just seems to be that this is what he gets. I mean, nine carries. He had a pass. He had a reception. He's getting 10 touches a game. He's getting 10 touches a game. And that is just crazy to see. It's going to continue to happen. If he's for some reason still available, you should definitely pick him up. I doubt he is. I mean, he's been playing well all year, but still, it's 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 really it's really special. Taysom Hill. It's a it's an interesting usage, interesting plays, getting it done as well. Those t- those rushing touchdowns in particular were really good. He looked good. He looked good, and I don't see much slowing down, uh, really at all, really at all. The next game was the Patriots Dolphins. 
This was a football game. The Patriots coming off a win against the Bills looked to keep the momentum going against the Dolphins, but they couldn't. Tyreek Hill has another great game, 112 yards and a touchdown. But Jalen Waddle actually outproduced him 121 yards and a touchdown. I did it. <laughs> this is one of the, I said Jalen Waddle would be the highest scoring Dolphin. He did it. Yay. <laughs> In a world of bad predictions last week, I got the Waddle game. I got the Jalen Waddle game. Raheem Mostert, 46 yards and a touchdown, still scoring his touchdowns. Seems to be, I wouldn't say he's lost a step, but the last two weeks, Raheem Mostert has definitely lost a little bit of his explosion. I don't know if that's just, you know, we're now over halfway through the season or right around halfway through the season and he's just tired now. You know, the, 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 the he's been running a lot. He's been running a whole lot, but still looking good, getting that touchdown. I mean, still 13 carries for 46 yards isn't the worst. Just compared to what he had been doing all season, you kind of missed that ceiling. Jeff Wilson finally gets some decent usage, five carries. He only takes that for 23 yards, but I expect that to continue to go up. Even when Devon Achan comes back, we're probably going to be talking about a three-headed backfield. But don't worry about it. If you're an Achan owner, you can still start Achan even with all three. Achan's going to have 200 yards off of 10 carries. If he, I mean, he could have 200 yards off of five carries. Let's be honest. The dude's awesome. So not really panicking if I own Devon Achan. I think it'll be fine. I really do. I really do. For the Patriots, though, I mean, it was just, it was a fine game, right? I mean, it was just totally fine. Mac Jones, two touchdowns off of only 160 yards. Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott both had over, you know, 36 and 39 yards rushing. No receiver had over 40 yards, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers got targets. You know, it's being spread around. Demario Douglas was the target leader. I want to talk about Douglas for a second. I know I've kind of been pounding the table for him all season at this point, but still, I really, really do think Demario Douglas, A, needs to be traded for in Dynasty, but if he's available, he needs to be stashed. I, I This is only the beginning of what will look to be a pretty good career for Demario Douglas and probably a good season. He's continuously getting targeted and fed. He not only was the leading targeter, but he also had a carry for four yards. Demario Douglas continues to get used in a big way, and I like it. I like it. I think that that won't stop. I think he's a good football player, and I see no reason why he can't be the Jacoby Myers, as, I, as the next Jacoby Myers, as I say time and time again. The Patriots at least can hit on their late-round wide receivers, and it looks to me they hit. They hit in a big way on Demario Douglas. The next game is the Jets-Giants, the battle for New York, and boy, was that a boring game. The Jets had 13 points. The Giants had 10. It went to overtime. I guess I can't call it boring, but it was boring. It was a really boring game. I don't care that it went to overtime and the last like couple minutes were exciting as Zach Wilson tries to lead a game-winning drive. He gets a game-tying drive instead, getting the field goal, getting the spike off. I mean, it was exciting. But I mean, a 13 to 10 game with, I believe they were second ever when I was listening to Red Zone, they said that they had the second most punts in a game ever. I mean, it was just not good football, but there were some highlights. First highlight, of course, Saquon Barkley, Tyrod Taylor got injured. So they had to bring in Tommy DeVito and the Giants game plan with that was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Saquon Barkley, 36 carries. 36 carries. That's how many times most quarterbacks throw the ball. That's actually <laughs> exactly how many times Zach Wilson threw the ball. Zach Wilson had 36 pass attempts. Saquon Barkley had 36 carries. 
And that just shows why he wanted that contract. He's the offense. And when things go poorly, they can lean on him. They did it. It didn't really work out, even though he had 128 yards. They couldn't get anything going. They, they really, really couldn't. Their touchdown, for some reason, was a Tommy DeVito rushing touchdown, uh, not a Saquon Barkley one. Weird, 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 weird. No one. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. The New York Giants receivers combined for eight yards. Eight receiving yards in a football game. Darren Waller had one catch for four yards. Matt Breida had one catch for four yards. Saquon Barkley had zero yards. Daniel Bellinger had zero yards. Wandell Robinson had zero yards. Darius Slayton had negative one receiving yards. The Giants passing game is dead. You don't want a single piece of it. Waller ended up getting hurt. So Bellinger right now is going to be the starting tight end. But he's going to have to block so much because the offensive line is decimated. I don't even know if I really want Saquon Barkley right now. I don't really want a piece of this Giants offense. It does not look pretty. And especially as the injury for Daniel Jones continues to develop into a worse situation, some reports out there saying that he might not even return this season. It's not looking good for the Giants. The Jets, though, while being a bad offense, are getting it done for fantasy football. Garrett Wilson had seven receptions for 100 yards. And Brees Hall. Brees Hall, 12 carries for 17 yards, so terrible on the ground. But in the air, six receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. That's part of why we love Brees Hall here. If he's not going to get done in the ground, he's going to get it done in the receiving game. If he's not getting it done in the receiving game, he's going to get it down done on the ground. He is a very explosive athlete, a great running back. Glad, glad to see he at least scores the touchdown. And it was a good play. It was a 50-yard receiving touchdown. Great play. Great play. Vintage, vintage, vintage Brees Hall looked really good. Glad to see. So nice, 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 nice. The Jets pull out the win and they're getting it done in fantasy football points. Even if the offense sucks, can't say the same for the Giants. Uh, the Jaguars Steelers also had some injuries, particularly to Kenny Pickett, who finishes the day 10 of 16 for 73 yards and picks up a rib injury. The severity of it is still unknown, so we'll discuss that as the week goes on. But Mitchell Trubisky came in and played fine, 15 to 27, 138 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. So maybe even less than fine, but at the very least was getting drives going outside of his turnovers. Deontay Johnson, after picking up the hamstring injury, Comes back into this game and absolutely crushes in targets. 14 targets for Deontay Johnson, which he took for eight receptions for 85 yards. He's back. He's back in a big way. He's back to being a PPR monster, especially while Trubisky is here. Trubisky appears to love himself. Some Deontay Johnson and not George Pickens, who only has one reception for 22 yards. Luckily, it was a receiving touchdown, but things might be bad for Pickens going forward. In the rushing game, Jalen Warren actually was the leading rusher, but Najee Harris got it done in the receiving game. Five receptions for 42 yards. Um, it was nice. It was a good receiving game for Najee Harris. Not so much on the ground. The Steelers running backs, still one of the worst situations in the game. Um, but it is what it is. If someone gets injured, you're going to be able to lean on one or the other. But for now, it's still a committee. Five carries for Warren, seven for Harris, five receptions for Harris, four for Warren. Still a pretty split usage. That's not going to change. The Jaguars 
looked fantastic again. Now, they only score 20 points, but Trevor Lawrence gets nearly 300 yards, gets his touchdown, even with an interception. And Travis Etienne kept things going as well. Travis Etienne, 24 carries for 79 yards and three receptions for 70 and a touchdown. Looked so good, even had an injury at some point, came back out and then continued to play really well. And they're going into their bye week now, so he's going to be able to rest up and bounce right back to being a top five running back rest of season. Travis Etienne is so, so good. And also, guys, and also, guys, Evan Ingram had a ceiling game here, but not quite. Ten receptions for 88 yards is incredible for a tight end. Incredible. And it's still going to get better. By Evan Ingram, you have to. He's so good. He gets incredible usage. 10 targets, 10 receptions, 88 yards. Doesn't get much better. Of course, you want him to get a touchdown or two in there, but still a great game, especially in tight end premium. And Scott Fishbowl, he scored nearly 80 points off of that and their weird scoring. So Evan Ingram, a definite buy, even after this big game from him, because no one else really did much. And he's been the one guy that hasn't really been erased. Erased isn't really the right word. But, I mean, we've seen Calvin Ridley have bad games. We've seen Christian Kirk have bad games. We haven't seen a bad game from Evan Ingram, partly because he's a tight end uh, and, like, his floor is still a pretty good floor at the position. But it's Evan Ingram is just looking really good. I'm liking him a lot. And he still has some ceiling left in the, in the, in the tank for sure. You've got to get yourself some Evan Ingram while you still can. Next game, we had the Eagles-Commanders. That was a fun divisional game. The Commanders tried their best, 38-31. The Commanders even had a chance to get an onside kick and drive down the field, but they did not get the onside kick. Devontae Smith recovered it. And Devontae Smith finally had a good Devontae Smith game, seven receptions for 99 yards and a touchdown, but still outclassed and outshadowed by A.J. Brown, who has yet another Yet another ceiling game from A.J. Brown. Eight receptions for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Looked incredible. He is the first receiver in the NFL history to have six straight games with 125 receiving yards or more. And it doesn't seem like he's going to slow down at all. Playing at an insanely high level right now. A.J. Brown winning leagues week in, week out. Looking so, so good. And DeAndre Swift continued to look good as well. DeAndre Swift, 57 rush yards and a touchdown. Also uh, got himself seven receiving yards, but not, not, not the best in the receiving game, but still getting that touchdown. And it was a cool touchdown. I don't know if you guys saw, but it was basically a fake tush push. They lined up for that. Jalen Hurts did a fake little run forward and then handed it off to Swift, who basically had all day to run outside and score that touchdown. We're going to see a lot more of that. Defenses around the league got very upset when they saw that. They were like, oh. Oh my God, it's not just the tush push anymore. Now we've got the tush push counter to look out for. So look for that to continue to be implemented uh, because why wouldn't they? It looked good. It worked well. And I can't imagine they'll take that out of the playbook. They'll probably run it a few more times next week and they'll probably continue to run it because then it makes defenses honest. It's it's that play is just spectacular. That formation is spectacular. I love it as a football fan. And finally, we got our ceiling game from Jalen Hurts, 319 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. That's what you want to see. That is what you want to see from Jalen Hurts. The Commanders, though. The Commanders really did bring the game to the Eagles. They really, really did. Sam Howell, almost 400 passing yards, 397 passing yards from Sam Howell. Looked great 
because he also had four passing touchdowns, one to Jahan Dotson, one to Jamison Crowder, one to Terry McLaurin, one to Logan Thomas, spread around. And Jahan Dotson, waving goodbye, not writing back to all the haters that were saying Jahan Dotson is dust. Eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. 10 targets as well. Finally worked back into the game plan and showing the commanders why. I would be buying Jahan Dotson right now. I know I should have been buying last week going into this. But as I say a few times, some of the mentality with trading if a player has a good game a lot of times that leads someone to want to sell him this opens a selling window for him it's going to be a slightly more expensive price but i'm sure someone sees this still not completely sold on dotson given the rest of the season performances but i'm sold on dotson i do think dotson is back and will continue to be worked into the game plan going forward i don't see why you wouldn't and I'm curious to see, I'm not going to say that Jamison Crowder is going to continue to be worked into the game plan, but seven receptions off of seven targets is pretty good, especially when he takes it for 95 yards and a touchdown. I could see them continue to working him back in, but we'll see. I do want to see how that develops, but I think going forward, we're going to see the commander's offense look more like they did last season with Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin being the main two receivers and it being kind of split between Antonio Gibson. Jamison Crowder, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas. I don't think all of these guys are going to get more than five targets week in, week out. I mean, it was spread around. We had one, two, three, four, five, six players get four or more receptions. It, I mean, so that can't happen every week, but it will happen in games like this. So cool to see this offense, you know, clicking. But I do think that for the most part, it's going to start to be consolidated between McLaurin and Dotson rest of season. And I'd be using this opportunity to buy Dotson, to buy McLaurin. I do think that they're decent prices and things will only get a little better. The next game is the Texans Panthers. I was excited for this game. The game ended up sucking uh, kind of a lot, 13 to 15, but Bryce Young gets his first NFL career win. So congratulations, Bryce Young. I was feeling the breakout for this game. I don't know if we can necessarily call it a breakout, but to get his first career win against a Texans team that had been hot and playing really well, you got to hand it to him. No turnovers as well. 235 passing yards and only one touchdown. I would have liked to see one more of those go in, but it is what it is. Tommy Tremble gets that touchdown, but Adam Thielen still got Adam Thielen usage. Uh, 11 targets, which he took for eight receptions and 72 yards. Jonathan Mingo continuing to be the second guy, four receptions for 62 yards. Just keep an eye on this trade deadline. If the Panthers bring someone in, it's probably going to be Adam Thielen and then whoever they bring in as they start to work him in. Uh, and we've got to talk about here, Miles Sanders, who was having his first game back, but wasn't used. Two carries for zero yards. Chuba Hubbard, 15 carries for 28. Chuba Hubbard, ladies and gentlemen. Chuba Hubbard, ladies and gentlemen. Good game for him. Decent game for Bryce Young. Congratulations on his first career win. He said to Stroud, he went up to CJ and he said, hey, I know I was drafted over you. Hey, I know I got a Heisman Trophy over you. Hey, you know, I know I've won a national championship. I'm not going to let you win either when we play each other in the NFL. Or I'm going to see you again in four years, buddy. Bryce Young still ahead of CJ Stroud, at least in terms of, you know, metrics, the ones that I just named. Poor CJ. Poor CJ, who actually didn't have that good of a game. 16 to 24, no turnover, so you can't complain, but only 140 passing yards, 
Noah Brown led the day with 57 receiving yards. Nico Collins only had 30. And on his birthday, Tank Dell only had 16. Not that great. Not that great. I mean, the Panthers' defense looked really good, which was surprising given they didn't have Jeremy Chin. Uh, interesting. Just an interesting game. Granted, they had the bye week to plan for it. 13-15, boring. Glad to see Bryce Young get that win. Glad to see Adam Thielen still get that usage. And hopefully C.J. Stroud can back up or bounce back next week. Browns-Seahawks is the next game. The Seahawks get the win. Jackson Smith and Jigba gets the game-winning touchdown. Woo-woo-woo-woo-woo! But... But, ladies and gentlemen, Jake Bobo is still here. Jake Bobo was not erased. Jake Bobo, two receptions for 23 yards and a rushing touchdown. A carry for three yards and a touchdown. Jake Bobo getting utilized for sure. Jackson Smith and Jigba also getting utilized. Three receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And that is in a game with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And yet both Bobo and JSN scored a touchdown. That's what you want to see. Zach Charbonnet got utilized as well. Five carries for 53 yards, but still outclassed by K9, who had eight for 66. Tyler Lockett, the leading receiver, eight receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown. Good game by him. He was fed. Geno Smith, a decent game, 254 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Really just a standard game from the Seahawks. Nothing too special, but the Browns defense is really good. So to see them, you know, have this many good performances is a plus. So good game from the Seahawks to pull out the win. And the Browns. The Browns played well. P.J. Walker looked good again, 248 yards and a touchdown. Did have two interceptions, but still, I mean, he's keeping the Browns in these games, which is very, very cool to see. He's going to continue to be the starter moving forward. Jerome Ford looks to have been relegated. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong outcarried him. 14 carries for Hunt, 10 for Strong. Both got more yards as well, and Kareem Hunt got the touchdown. We're looking at a committee now. And as I said, as I said, I on Sunday or on Friday, I was like, oh, I just traded away David and Joku. So he's gonna have a ceiling game. That's always how it goes. David and Joku, four receptions, 77 yards and a touchdown. Looked really good. He had eight targets. PJ Walker looking his way time and time again. But still, he wasn't the leader. It was Amari Cooper who had 89 yards off of 11 targets. Good game for him. The Browns will continue to be good. I mean, they, they look good. They really do. Um, I know it's not a, a attractive football team, but it's a good football team. And they'll continue to bring games to opponents and continue to play close, meaning all of these guys are still going to be fantasy relevant. The next game is Chiefs-Broncos. The Broncos absolutely dismantled the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't score a single touchdown. It was 24-9. to Russell Wilson finishes the day with three touchdowns. But only 114 passing yards. Don't even know how that happened. Weird game for sure. Javante Williams, 85 rush yards. That was awesome. He also had 13 receiving yards and a touchdown. So Javante Williams had a good game. Javante Williams appears to be back as well as he had 27 carries. Jalil McLaughlin only had four. So Javante Williams back into his bell cow role. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to hear. Great game by him. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton both had two receptions, both had a touchdown. That was cool to see. This might be Jerry Judy's last game in a Broncos uniform, and he scores a touchdown, gets six targets, gets 50 yards, a really good catch, a really good touchdown as well. Jerry Judy, look to see what happens to him tomorrow. Had a good game. No one on the Chiefs had a good game. No one. Patrick Mahomes, 241 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a lost fumble. 
Isaiah Pacheco, only 40 rushing yards. Travis Kelsey, only 58 rushing yards. Marcus Valdez-Scantling lost a fumble. Michael Hardman lost a fumble. Uh, it was just not good. Not good all around for the Chiefs. Absolutely collapsed and dismantled in Denver. I don't know if it was the elevation or what, but they did not look good. In fact, they looked terrible. Awful football game from the Chiefs. Hopefully they could get back on track. Fun fact, the Chiefs are now 0-2 when Taylor Swift is not at the game. Taylor Swift did not come to this game. Taylor Swift wasn't dating Travis Kelsey the last time they lost, but still they lost that game without him or without her in, 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 uh, in the stands. So Taylor Swift needs to get her act together if she wants her boyfriend to make the Super Bowl. Next game is the Ravens-Cardinals. The Cardinals had a chance here as well. They got an onside kick, I believe. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar fumbled the kick, the, the onside kick, and the Cardinals were able to receive it, but they did not get the game-tying touchdown. They lost 24-31. to And Josh Dobbs continues to give some good performances, 208 yards and two touchdowns. And it came out after this game that Joshua Dobbs will be starting next week as well. So one more week of waiting for Kyler Murray. Saying it early on Monday, Josh Dobbs still starting next week. So still use this window to start buying up your Cardinals. Because even with Josh Dobbs, he looked good. 208 yards. Trey McBride, guys. Trey McBride is here. 10 receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. And his touchdown was spectacular. It was a big man touchdown. Took the entire Ravens defense to try to tackle him. And they still couldn't do it. It was amazing. He looked so good. Amari DiMercato in the running game is officially the starting running back. It's not even a committee. 20 carries for him. The next running back, Keontae Ingram, only had two. So DiMercato, throw him into your lineups until James Conner comes back. That was awesome. Really good game from the Cardinals. They didn't pull out the win, but still good fight from them. And Marquise Brown in the revenge game doesn't do much, but does get a touchdown. So that's cool to see. Congratulations, Marquise Brown, getting your touchdown in the revenge game. For the Ravens, the biggest story here is Gus Edwards, who scored three touchdowns. Gus Edwards, 80 yards and three touchdowns for him. Absolutely fantastic, as Lamar Jackson didn't get much going. He only had 157 passing yards and 17 rush yards and only one touchdown. Mark Andrews did score that touchdown, but only had four receptions for 40 yards. And Zay Flowers, yet again, Yet again, being fed, but not doing the most with it. Seven targets, which he took for five receptions for 19 yards. You missed the cell window. You missed the cell window. If you did not listen to me after week two, three, four, five, six to sell him for Jordan Addison, I'm sorry. He's still good at football, but he's not an every week starter. He just isn't. And that's fine. You could be good at football. You could be really, he's really good at football, but he's really not that great of a fantasy football asset. He really isn't. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But Ravens get the win. Move on to 6-2. and 6-2, and two, good record. The Bengals beat the 49ers. The Bengals beat the 49ers as expected. Brock Purdy did come out and play. He played okay, right? He had 365 pass yards, which is awesome. But only one touchdown and two interceptions. You don't want to see that. The interceptions are continuing to be a problem now for Brock Purdy. The cool thing, though is he completely made up for it. He had 57 rush yards. Brock Purdy had 57 rush yards, which is crazy to see coming out of a game where he just had a concussion. You would think they would keep him at least in the pocket, but no, they threw him out there. They threw him out there. He played well. 
outside of the two interceptions. It happens. Uh, we also lost a fumble. So three turnovers for Brock Purdy in yesterday's game, but still getting the yardage. And most of it went to George Kittle. We finally had a George Kittle game, nine receptions for 149 yards. That's awesome. I always love a George Kittle game. Brandon Ayuk playing well again as well. Five receptions for 109 yards. Christian McCaffrey scores two touchdowns again. 54 rush yards and a touchdown. 64 receiving yards and a touchdown. This is his 17th straight game with a touchdown that is an NFL record. He is on fire. So good football. Chris McCaffrey is so good at football. For the Bengals, as they pull out the win, Joe Burrow, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Jamar Chase, 100 yards off of 10 receptions and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, 16 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd got himself a touchdown. T. Higgins had a decent game with 69 receiving yards. Just a good game, really, from everyone on the Bengals as they appear to be back. The Bengals are the Bengals that we know and love. I mean, the 49ers defense is so tough, and to put 31 points up against them is nothing to scoff at. The Bengals are definitely back. They're ready to make some noise, and they're ready to push the Ravens. They're only a game back. I'm excited to see how this AFC North shapes out. The Steelers probably out of the hunt now, depending on this Kenny Pickett injury, but still the Bengals, the Ravens look good. The Browns look good. Fun division. The Bengals especially are back and ready to ready to roar. <laughs> Do tigers roar or is that just a lion thing? Tigers might not roar. I don't care though. I said it. Last game. Finally. Chargers dismantle the Bears. Not really much to talk about. Justin Herbert, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Austin Eckler, finally back. Seven receptions for 94 yards at a touchdown. That was cool to see as he only had 29 rush yards. But looking good in the receiving game. And part of this comes because Josh Palmer got injured for a little bit. He did end up coming back, so he'll be fine next week. But Austin Eckler is the guy they lean on when people get injured. Keenan Allen, while he was the leading target, when those injuries pile up, and I mean, there's just no one to, to really respect from a defensive point of view, Keenan Allen gets like triple covered. And so he only had eight receptions for 69 yards. I have been trying to sell him for weeks now, and now I'm stuck holding, which is fine. Everyone listening, it's about to be long sleeve Keenan Allen season. Keenan Allen is so good when he wears long sleeves. I'll have to find the post. We'll do an episode about it. But he's better in long sleeves than not long sleeves. I, I shit you not. I'm, uh, it's a real stat. It's out there. So it's almost winter. Keenan Allen will be in those long sleeves soon enough. I do want to take an aside. I do want to take an aside here as Quentin Johnston. We've been bashing him deservedly so and in this game he finally had some usage i'm buying quinton johnson at the right price i'm not giving more than like a second for him but i think he's worth that six targets five receptions 50 yards but here's what's interesting about it you go back and you watch those receptions they finally started to force feed him the ball and that's what i had been hoping for and wishing and expecting and to see them finally do that, to me, is a really good sign. They gave him the ball in space. They weren't really forcing him to do anything special. They gave him short routes and tried to depend on his yak ability. He took one screen for a first down. He broke a few tackles on it. He had a few good body catches running over the middle. If they can continue to scheme plays like that, he will be relevant. He will. And so I think he's worth it 
at the right price. I really do. I'm not expecting a massive ceiling for him ever. It's going to take broken plays. But if he can get himself a Rondale Moore type role where he can get five, six receptions with really low A dot every single game, then, I mean, we're talking about a decent floor on the Chargers. We really are. And so at the right price, I'm buying Quentin Johnston. I am. I think he'll be decent and a good bench option. For the Bears, not too much to talk about here as Tyson Bagent lost some of the magic. No touchdowns for him um, in the air. He does get a rushing touchdown, but he had two interceptions, which wasn't that great. He almost lost a fumble as well. Um, but 232 yards, I guess is fine in the, in the rushing game. We need to figure this out. Deontay Foreman, nine carries for 34 yards. Roshan Johnson, six carries for 21 yards. Darrington Evans, four carries for 18 yards and a touchdown. This is how it's going to look when Khalil Herbert comes back. Uh, it is going to be a three headed monster for sure. <laughs> no one's going to get 10 carries. Everyone's going to get five to t- five to nine. All three of Foreman Johnson, Khalil Herbert. You're not going to be able to start any of them. It's going to suck. It's going to be miserable. The plus side here is that Roshan Johnson had three receptions. Pretty good. Three receptions, four targets. That's good in PPR. That's not going to go away. Roshan Johnson is the receiving back. Darrington Evans got three receptions as well. But I think if Khalil or when Khalil Herbert returns, Darrington Evans probably won't even be on the active roster. So we're talking about. That's eight targets between Evans and Roshan. I think six of those could start going Roshan's way week in, week out when all the Bears running backs are healthy. So keep trying to buy Roshan. I do definitely think Roshan's season will happen this year. It's just not going to be a massive ceiling, but I think the floor will begin to be there. Uh, and really just to wrap it up, Cole Komet, 10 receptions. If you see a tight end getting 10 receptions, that's a tight end you need to buy. So Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, all of those guys need to be bought this week for sure. And each yet tight end getting that much usage is important because it's so hard to find. So go get those guys for sure. Um, And DJ Moore, still a buy as well, especially as we keep seeing this floor get lower and lower, only 55 yards, only four receptions. DJ Moore kind of lost his ceiling, unfortunately. It will be back with Justin Fields. Justin Fields, probably one more absence. I'm going to go one more absence for Justin Fields, but I do think Justin Fields will be back for week 10. So be ready for it. That's all the games we have to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Let me see if we have any good questions in here. Let's see. More bunny sabotage. No, my camera just didn't work. Nothing to do with... uh, (laughs) Nothing to do with the bunny this time, but good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Lawrence asks, should I drop CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, and Christian Watson? Oh, this is a trade. Uh, Oh, should you drop any of these guys for Will Levis, Rashid Shahid, Logan Thomas, or Jamison Williams? I don't think you could drop any of them. Um, Unless it's single quarterback and you have a great quarterback option, you might be able to drop CJ Stroud. In that case, I'd probably be picking up Shahid or Jamison Williams, but I don't know, man. I think I would just hold tight. Let's see. Cowboys need another Zeke to unlock Pollard. I don't hate this take at all. Anthony, I don't hate this take at all. I do think that the Cowboys benefit from a more versatile rushing attack. And when they see Pollard, they know what's going to happen. So I do think that could open it up. Does JJ miss more time with the Cousins injury? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. If anything, especially now that they're above 500 or right at 500, I think they'll want to push a bit more. I think it's possible they make a move for quarterback before this trade deadline. I don't see the Vikings trying to give up at all. This division with the Lions even, the wild card at the very least is still wide open for them. And so I think they could still make a push. And Justin Jefferson is good enough to make a bad quarterback bad. So even if it is Jaron Hall, I think it'll be fine. Oh, man. Um, if Jaden Reed is consistently performing, then that is what it is. This is true. This is true, but still, I'm not going to be able to feel comfortable starting him. Um, Ritter to the Vikings for fun. That would be interesting, but I doubt he has any trade market. Hill is what we wanted Tebow to be, Chef. I love that analogy. I think that's a great one. Um, <laughs> oh, Han, thanks for tuning in. Late, but Will Levis. So true. Thank you for that episode last week. That was spectacular. Or two weeks ago. Was it last week? It was last. No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. You called it. You told them to do it, and they listened. They listened. Ingram is the Jaguar that doesn't look like a best ball player exactly. Exactly. Um, do, do, do. Taylor Swift agenda. agenda. Derrick Henry doesn't matter. Derrick Henry does matter. Derrick Henry's awesome. Uh, Bateman never became a thing. No, he's done. And yes, Dakota, great point. Roshan Johnson did fumble a handoff. He would have gotten more work without that. That is true. He definitely would have been trusted a bit more. So look for maybe him to work on that over practice and hopefully get more of a even usage with Deontay Foreman next week. All right. And finally, do you do trade advice? You just offered Bijan or Ramondre for Swift. I would not do that. I would go cancel that offer right now. Do not do that. Do not do that. Bijan Robinson is fine. Don't press the panic button on on Bijan Robinson. Do not do that. Do not do that. Don't be on these. Please, 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 please do not do that trade. Okay. That's going to do it. So thank you all for tuning in. This was another fun episode of The Wake and Take. I'm so glad you guys joined me every morning. I hope to have everything back on track tomorrow, get all my technical difficulties figured out. So tune in here on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a fantastic Monday, a marvelous Monday, if you will, and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.